The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hi, and welcome back to the Drop Back Podcast. I'm joined down the line by Matt Burns Peak. How's it going, Slew? And Joe Costanzo. Howdy, Slew. How are we doing? We're doing pretty good. We've got a packed show for you guys today. We're going to have a look at the Texans, Dolphins, Seahawks trades that was absolutely crazy. We're going to do the NFC preview. And then we're going to do the predictions for week one of the NFL season, which I am absolutely buzzing for. Can't wait. But before we get to all that, it was the biggest day of football in the UK on Sunday as the Brit Bowl final took place in London and Matt and Joe were there to witness it. We certainly were. So me and Joe uh, trekked down to New River Stadium uh, in North London to watch Brit Bowl 33 between the Tamworth Phoenix and the London Warriors. Um, and it was just an absolutely fantastic game and a fantastic advert for the sport in the UK as well. The Warriors eventually took it 56 to 29 uh, in an up and down affair. Um, I think the, the, few th- the, the sort of things that stood out for me were... Um, you know how prolific that Warriors offense in particular the rushing attack was almost 300 yards on the ground all of their touchdowns apart from one were um, rushing touchdowns Um, but but through the air they were able to move the ball efficiently when they needed to and scored a lovely uh, back corner of the end zone touchdown pass in the third quarter to to help pull away Um, eventually it proved too much of a challenge for the for a very young Phoenix squad that showed a a lot of promise and and some really fantastic moments in the game Uh, I know Joe you were really impressed with how they came out to start the second half yeah I mean they started off before going into the game as 14 to 1 underdogs on Skybet it was a bit of a source of motivation for those guys as we heard in the interviews afterwards Um, but to start off the second half received the ball on on a kickoff took the ball down scored a touchdown recovered an onside kick, scored a field goal and recovered a second onside kick. So you can see that the atmosphere around the stadium just sort of perked up as everyone was getting more into the game and they were within one score of the game from there. But unfortunately, the uh, the Warriors sort of drifted away from, from that point, I guess. But um, yeah, it was a fantastic game for both teams and a really great representation for British American football. Um, yeah, so on that note, it is still very much a growing sport in this country. I was just wondering what the atmosphere inside the stadium was like. Was there a lot of support down there? Oh, huge amounts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was um, a, a, the, the stand was completely packed. Um, the Tamworth Phoenix supporters had brought uh, Vuvuzelas, a bit of a throwback to 2010 World Cup times, um, <laughs> that they um, were furiously going at every time that the Warriors offense had the ball. Um, the Warriors were really well rep- represented as well. Obviously, being in London, that was a massive help. Um, and, you know, in, I, I thought especially during that period in the second half where there was, um, you know, such a wild start, uh, the crowd was absolutely electric. And to be fair, they, mm. they didn't stop, um, you know, getting involved, cheering all, all the way to the last. Um, I was I came away super impressed by the engagement and, and the, the buzz that it got. Absolutely. It sounds like a great advert for the British game. And while Matt and Joe were there, they were doing a lot of filming and they managed to get a few interviews with a couple of players and ex-players from both sides. And that should be up on the YouTube channel by the time this podcast goes live. Yep. As acting cameraman for the day, I got to listen to a a bunch of really interesting interviews from uh, my colleague Matt over here. It's some riveting content coming up for you guys. So just stay tuned to it. Give it it a good old jolly good watch. (laughs) Absolutely, and Joe showing how British we are as a podcast as well with all his grammar a good old and vocabulary. Good and so, on the American side of things, 
was also crazy to say over the weekend with Texans, Dolphins, Seahawks caught in almost a three-way trade. And we go to our resident Dolphins fan for immediate reaction on this. Horrible. <laughs> wow. Absolutely horrible in so many ways and in for so many people. Um, uh, as, a, as I'm sure it would surprise absolutely no one, I was horrified when I learned that we had sent uh, Laramie Tunsil, one of the best up-and-coming left tackles in the league, uh, and uh, Kenny Stills to the Texans. Um, two first-rounders in it, one this year, one the, the year after, which is a, 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 a lot for sure. Um, but I just I don't think that this trade works particularly well or, or answers many questions for, for either team, to be honest. Um, I mean, let's get the, the, the boring stuff out of the way yeah, first. Yeah, so a full breakdown of what every team got. So the Texans got Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, a fourth round pick and a, in 2020 and a sixth round pick in 2021 from the Dolphins. And from the Seahawks, they got Jacob Martin, a linebacker, Barcavius Mingo, a pass rusher, and the third round pick in 2020. The Dolphins got two first round picks this year and next year, as well as a second round pick next year from the Texans, as well as offensive tackle Julian Davenport and cornerback Johnson Bademosi. And the Seahawks... Special teams. Exactly. And the Seahawks got Jadavian Clowney, a stud pass rusher, who they will have to play under the franchise tag, but if he leaves this year, they should be able to recoup the third round pick they gave away for him. Yeah. So who came out of that trade looking the best? Oh, by by far the Seahawks, the Seahawks. I think. Definitely. I mean, there's only really one. I think, in my opinion, it's it's kind of like the Texans are in win now mode, but just doing it wrong. I think yeah. they've they've basically given away all of. This is what happens when you have like this weird GM situation with the Texans organization at the moment, where effectively the final say goes to Bill O'Brien, who doesn't really care what's happening in the next few seasons because he needs to win now. So if they can scratch together 10 wins this season by getting a Laramie Tunsil and a Kenny Stills, um, then they can pro- progress. But I think they, they've, it's very short-term fueled. I don't think they've, they've made a very good investment here. Um, you know, taking away two first-round picks in the next two years when we've got some incredible drafts coming up. Yeah, well, you look at the Texans who traded away Dwayne Brown to the Seahawks last year and now we're replacing him with another left tackle after seeming after taking a left tackle in the draft by waiting on their preferred left tackle to drop to them. Has Bill O'Brien put himself firmly on the hot seat? I mean, he's gone through the last GM that was only there a year. Is there anyone else to blame if this doesn't work? This is definitely completely on him if it goes, um, you know, balls up. Uh, and I think from a sort of Miami just focusing on the Miami and Texas Miami Texans side of things um the stills part of it I think is um you know not important stills has a, a very large cap hit um throughout camp he's been sort of at loggerheads with some of the key figures in, in the Miami organization and they've been pretty underwhelmed with his play so far so he was actually believe it or not a um a potential cut candidate anyway. So the fact that, you know, he goes to the Texans and gives them some wide receiver depth for an in- very injury prone group and the Dolphins get something for a player that they probably would have got rid of anyway is I think works fine for both sides. For me, the big issue is, is, is the deal with, with Tunsil and um, from a Dolphins perspective, Larry Tunsil wanted to stay in Miami and he, and he said it many times that he wanted to stay in Miami. He was really well loved by the fans and the other players in the locker room. He was very much a leader. Um, 
and he was a very is a very good left tackle who is only going to get better and the issue i have with this is drafting is a lottery drafting is is basically gambling on being able to pick a good player for sure obviously higher draft picks you've got a better chance but in the end of the day it is gambling so when you have a sure young player like Tunsil who is very good still young probably going to get better for me I can't get my head around why you would why you'd give that up um especially when he when he's such an integral part of that locker room mm. and I feel just really bad for Josh Rosen who yeah. has gone from a terrible line in Arizona to an almost even worse line in Miami I think it's I the mean, worst he's not line in the league it, I, I think, think a lot is, of people yeah. would think it was the worst line in the league before they got rid of Tunsil. Yeah. So it was an what point. it is now is not going to be very good. And Rosen, who was bashed around last year for seemingly this whole season, and he's not going to start this year, but I'd be surprised if he doesn't get game time at all when the Fitz magic eventually wears off. And I don't understand how you're going to understand what you have in a young quarterback if you're not going to put him behind a decent line. I think this completely voids the Josh Rosen experiment in Miami. I think that, um, you know, it seems really unfair that, you you know, we, we, there was all this promise that bringing Josh Rosen in, giving him an opportunity to see what he can do uh, and putting him into a frame where we're trying to rebuild around young players for the future. Uh, and then you've basically, it's, it's sort of the move that's swept the rug from under his feet in a, and it puts Josh Rosen in, in a very sort of lose-lose situation for sure. Is this a move that should have been the writing on the wall when we realised that Rosen wasn't the starting QB for the franchise for the franchise this year? Like Matt, you suspected that Rosen would be starting, but with Fitzpatrick playing, does that suggest that they are going to wait to see what they've got with him? There is or is it just a bad move all round? It's it's a really weird one. So a lot of the buzz around Miami Dolphins camp was that Rosen did start the summer streets behind Fitzpatrick there's been no debate that, that that was the case going into camp but sort of as the weeks went on and as preseason um sort of went on and on um there was a real um sense that Rosen was catching up Fitzpatrick very very quickly um after the 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 week three of preseason a lot of buzz was that um, Rosen had done enough to win the job um Fitzpatrick had put in a couple of pretty shaky performances. Yes, it's pre-season, but mm. it certainly performances you don't want to see from somebody who's going to be um, potentially the starting quarterback. A lot of the buzz from from Brian Flores and the, the Miami Brass was that it's a very open quarterback competition. Um, so I think there was a general feeling around the Miami supporters that it that we might as well start Rosen from the start, especially if he's catching up on Fitzpatrick at this rate. Um so it was a very much a surprise that they've gone with Fitzpatrick to start. I do wonder now after this Tunsil trade how much game time Rosen's going to get. Uh, I think it might even be a case of if when the Fitz magic does run out and Fitzpatrick starts to toss a lot more picks than, than touchdowns, I think there might even be a, a situation where we see the Dolphins keep him in um, and not even risk putting Rosen in for, for meaningful snaps this season. Mm -hmm. so we'll have to wait but luckily not too long to see how that plays out but before we get to that we're going to have to see who we think are going to win each of the NFC divisions and we'll start with the NFC North Matt who do you think is going to win this year? Uh, well I think this is going to be a really really difficult division to call I'm sort of torn a little bit between going with Green Bay um, 
and maybe even the Vikings. So I think Green Bay have quite a few um, nice pieces on defense. So they've added this off season. Um, I know we, after the first wave of free agency, we were all super impressed with uh, the, the job that they'd done. Um, Rogers, as uh, Slew mentioned is one, in one of his earlier articles this summer, is very much in sort of do or die mode right now. Um, and as well as that, I think, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones being healthy from the start is going to be a big help. And if they can stay healthy, the other th- the other sort of team that might have a chance, I feel, could potentially be the Vikings. And um, our new writer, Stan Wilson, did a fantastic article on the Vikings last week, um, sort of covering the the transition they've gone through this offseason. I think, um, as, as Stan pointed, pointed out, they're very much... Um, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with the Vikings. They could have the potential to go sort of 12 and 4. They could have the, the potential to go sort of 9 and 7, 8 and 8. Um, it does depend massively on whether that offense gets clicking and whether they can keep Dalvin Cook healthy as well. Mm. Um, and and See, that's he... my biggest issue with the Vikings as well, is while they do have an extremely talented team, I think they've got a very talented starting team. I don't think there's a whole lot of depth with the Vikings. And injuries happen every year in the NFL. And if the Vikings are one of those unlucky teams that gets hit with quite a few of them, I think they could struggle to win games in what is shaping up to be a very tough division. Yeah, I mean, Joe, Joe, what do you what do you think about this? I honestly had the Vikings going as well. I think Snoo raises a really good point with the injury concerns and, and that that is what it depends on. Um, I think the Bears are going to take a step back this year. Uh, compared to what they did last year. I think Dalvin Cook has looked amazing in the preseason. If he can stay healthy, this Vikings team is going to have a strong rushing attack. We've got Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, and they just acquired Josh Doxson from uh, the Redskins. So I think on offense, Kirk Cousins is going to have a a bigger year than he's possibly ever had. Um, And their defense is still still pretty top tidy, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with Joe that the Bears might take a step back without Vic Fangio on the defense, but I still think they're talented enough to maybe clinch a wild card spot. But like Matt, I think I think the Packers are going to win it this year. I think with a rejuvenated offense in Aaron Rodgers, and I think the pieces they brought in on defense should be enough to secure the division. I like the Lions. I think they've got a few nice pieces, but there's too many tough games in this division for them to win enough games to get to the playoffs. There you have it. Go so- Pack Go. So that moves us on to the NFC West. And Joe, do you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, um, I'm going to be absolutely wild here and take the LA Rams. I think uh, dependent. They made it to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, whether or not what happened in the NFC Championship game might have been a little bit controversial, but um, they're still fully built to win now. Uh, The offensive masterpiece in Sean McVay. and we've got one of the most talented defences in the league. We've got one of the most talented offences in the league. There's not really the, a glaring fault in their roster that I can see. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the only question mark with the Rams is maybe Todd Gurley's knee. Gurley's knee. Yeah. Yep. Gurley's but remember knee. my sandwich bet, I back Gurley's knee for some reason. So I think they're going to be absolutely fine as a complete medical novice who has no idea about the knees then yeah Gurley's gonna be fine see I did like the Niners rosters going into the season but I've just been looking at the fixtures and the matches they have to play this year tough schedule there's a lot of teams in the NFC that I could think could reach 10 wins they've got to play the AFC North and I just don't think they can get enough wins to make the wild card slot this year I think it's gonna be tight but 
they would be the closest, I think, to being able to challenge the Rams. Even with Clowney for the Seahawks, I don't think they're good enough on the back end defensively and their offense is still way too reliant on Russell Wilson to do everything. Very true, sir. And you can't trust anyone against the AFC North. <laughs> yeah, and the, the Cardinals as well. I mean, they're exciting, but I'm not expecting anything on offense. And their defense, especially missing their two starting corners for the first half of the season, that's going to be a real issue for them. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with you guys, really. I think it's going to be the Rams. Uh, they've got by far the best roster in that division. Um, as you guys pointed out, I think the only question mark is really Gurley's knee and whether he's going to be able to play the full slate of fixtures. I like the 49ers for sure. I think they've got a, they're a really good up-and-coming team. I just don't think they're going to be ready to sort of take that next step and challenge for the division as yet. Absolutely, which moves us on to the NFC East. And as a biased Eagles fan, obviously, I think they're going to win the division. But not just because of the bias, but I just think they've got the best team on the division. Dallas would be the team I think are going to run them close, who have an incredibly underrated defence. But the Zeke situation scares me. I'm not sure how many games they can win with him out. What do you guys reckon? Uh, so, like you said, Slew, I think uh, we don't really know what's going on with Zeke. I think I'm going to have to take the Eagles here. Uh, I've got Carson Wentz on my fantasy team. For God's sake, I've got to take him. I think Miles Sanders is going to have a good season. Merges the starting running back. You've got a talented, deep defense, and you guys are going to take it this year. All right, Matt, make it three for three. Uh, I, I hate to give you what you want, but yes, I'm also going to go with Eagles here. I think they've got one of the deepest rosters in the league, which over the stretch of a season, you, we know how much injuries can affect teams. The fact that you, the Eagles are so deep at, at, at almost every position um, is, I think is going to be the ultimate factor that helps them take this division. We don't know what's going to happen with the Cowboys. I think that the contract situations there and everything around Zeke and Amari and Dak um, isn't a very conducive atmosphere and environment for running a stable offense. Um, I like their defense, but I don't see them being able to to compete with the Eagles over the stretch of the season. Oh, absolutely. So that's three votes for the Eagles, which for some reason doesn't actually fill me with confidence. Because <laughs> <laughs> that never seems to go well. So with Dallas, I actually feel if they can get Zeke back by, I'm going to say, week four, I think they've got a talented enough roster and massively underrated roster that they can make the wild card spot. Mm, I think Byron Jones is amazing at corner. Mm. Like you're Byron Jones, you've got a talented D line, and you've got an incredibly off offensive line, which is Travis Frederick back. People forget he was out for the whole of last year. That's going to improve addition, that yeah. line exponentially, and it should. And they have which should be four free wins against the Redskins and Giants, who don't look in a state to compete at the moment. No. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so the NFC South, which, like the NFC North, seems very tricky to call this year. Hmm. Or does it? Or does it? Because I am going to go straight away and say that this is the Saints division yet again. Um, I think they're stacked on both sides of the ball. Uh, their offense is obviously fantastic. The pieces that they've managed to put around um, Drew Brees and the offense they've managed to maintain, obviously... Losing Mark Ingram might have a bit of an impact, but Alvin Kamara has been more than capable of filling his boots when he's filled in for, for Ingram being suspended last season. Um, not to mention on defense, they've just got one Kiko Alonso. So that that linebacking core, 
So he, they can Guys. concuss every quarterback yeah, they play. Exactly. Exactly. He's like a mercenary little concussion man. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, on, on a serious note, I think the the Saints mm. have got the best all round roster in that division. I do like the Falcons. Uh, getting Keanu Neal back is going to be big for them. But I think the Saints win it again. Yeah. Let's hope Breeze yeah. doesn't slide in practice. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you. I think the Saints are the best roster in the league, in the division, maybe in the league. And I think the only question mark for them is whether they can replace Max Unger at centre, whose retirement this off-season could be a massive hole in their running game. He controls that line, as all centres do, but he's one of the best in the business. And you saw with the Cowboys last year when Travis Frederick was away with that mystery illness, how much missing your centre can damage a line. Very true. What about you, Jay? What are you saying? I'm hating the fact that we're all agreeing on everything but i'm also picking the saints mm. i think the the next closest for me would have been the panthers but i, I think the the saints defense is just that that bit better than the panthers i think they're you know alvin kamara's it's the alvin kamara show now we're going to see a lot of alvin kamara and when he was replaced like you said matt when he was replacing mark ingram i had him on my fantasy team once again and he was doing 25 points a game every single game so I've got absolute faith in Alvin Kamara to take over as the lead back I think this is just going to be a great year for the Saints really mm. yeah, I, so will. I think the Panthers and the Falcons have both improved this year and should bounce back after what's not great games not great seasons for them last night the Panthers were doing very well before the Cam Newton shoulder injury Yeah, and it's just a question of whether he's healthy in a tight division, could they maybe take a few wins from the Saints and maybe nick them to the crown? I don't see it happening, to be honest. I think that the closest team to the Saints uh, is going to be the Falcons. I like the Panthers. I think Christian McCaffrey is an absolute stud and has come back this offseason looking absolutely hench. Um, but I think that the Falcons, I, I like what they've done with the O-line. I think that, like I said, Keanu Neal is a massive getting him back from injury is massive for that defence and that defence when it has all its pieces there can be really good they've just struggled to keep everyone healthy um, I'm, I actually fancy the, the Falcons for a wild card spot Okay so Matt just to confirm the six teams making the playoffs for you from the NFC are Green Bay Saints Rams Eagles Falcons uh, and let's go Vikings yeah, so my picks are quite similar, to be fair. I've got the Packers, the Saints, the Rams, and the Eagles. But I'm going to go with the Bears taking the wild card from the NFC North. And I think the final spot, as much as it pays me to say, will go to the Dallas Cowboys. And as much as I don't want that to be true, I think they've got too talented a roster to miss out on it this year. That must have hurt to say, bud. It did. It really did. I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight knowing that that was just put out on air. But Jerry Jones will sleep well, knowing that Slu has got faith in him. Jerry Jones sleeps well in his coffin filled of <laughs> money. Children's tears. Money, yeah, and all of that. <laughs> Joe, who have you got winning? So I've got the Saints, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Rams, and then I've got the NFC South taking home two wildcard spots with the Falcons and the Panthers. I do yes. like those picks. I think the wildcards could be very toughly run in the NFC this year. Yes, it's a tough division, but I think I think the NFC South has got one of the most competitive out of all of them. I'm kind of mm. doubting myself as I'm saying it, but screw it, we'll go with it. Okay, it'll only be um, kept in place for all time on our website, but don't worry about <laughs> it. 
which is the dropback.com if anyone wants to go and see Joe Plug. painfully relook at his predictions later in the year. <laughs> and so, speaking of predictions, that brings us on to our picks for the first week of the NFL season. I can't believe it's almost here. Finally, oh. it feels like it's been forever since we managed to see some some fun competitive football. I'm all giddy. Exactly. Other than the Brit Bowl, which was fantastic. I mean, on the telly. (laughs) (laughs) On the telly, exactly. So if everything goes to plan, this podcast should be released the day of the first game of the NFL season. Thursday night football, Packers at the Bears. Also on Sky for our British followers. Who have you got winning this game, Joe? Uh, I've got the Packers going into Soldier Field and taking it. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have an absolute showing of a game. Aaron Jones looks like a very promising back. Um, obviously, it's a tough defense to go against, but I, I think if, if, if you've got an offense to do it... I th- yeah, I am going to side with you here, Joey. I think the Pack take it. I like Jones. I like Adams. I think that that defense looks really good. Uh, I think the Bears will, will get a few sacks and maybe a couple of picks, but I think ultimately uh, the Packers win this one. See, I was going to go with the Packers, and now you've made me doubt myself. If all three of us are going with something, surely it can't be right? No. Just you like know what? Suits. I back your two's opinion. I'm going to go with the Packers as well. Ooh! I think this is going to be... Well, what I thought would have been a surprising victory for them, but it turns out we're all thinking it's good. they're going to manage to win this game. I think they've got a lot to prove coming out of last year, especially Aaron Rodgers, who, of the off-season he's had, there's been called a lot of things. And he's going to prove himself to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time with a win against a very good defence. OK, I'm here for it. All right, so, so what could be another big clash? The Rams at the Panthers. I've got. I, I'll go first on this one because I'm actually going to go with the Panthers on this one. So I am predicting a little bit of a maybe a Super Bowl hangover from the Rams. Um, I think that maybe we, we don't know what we're going to get from Gurley. Super impressed with um, you know the way that Christian McCaffrey has attacked the off season. I think that this is the perfect time for the for the rat for the Panthers to be playing the Rams. I think they cause a little bit of an upset on Week One. Okay, I like that. I like it, but I am going to disagree with you. I think the Rams take it. I think they're hungry after being almost humiliated in the Super Bowl. They're going to come out firing and they're going to put some points on the Panthers this year, this week even. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Slew here. I think we just stated how amazing the Rams roster is. Um, Newton may not be up to speed with that shoulder injury and we'll see how it goes, but I've got the Rams on this one. Okay, and the Redskins at the Eagles. I've got the Eagles winning this, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I think you look at Trent Williams. Well, you look at Trent Williams still holding out from the Redskins as Joe tries to get me with a nibble. (laughs) And I just think that Eagles pass rush is going to be too strong for the Redskins to deal with. Yeah, I'm going to have to actually agree with you there, to be honest. (laughs) I just wanted to to play the, you know, the the favouritism card, but... In all honesty, I I think Redskins are having so many issues off the field at the moment that I think it's just going to cloud. The team morale might be down, and I just think the the Eagles just have a better roster than the Redskins at the end of the day. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Skins lack a lot, lack talent at the key positions and at the skill positions. Um, Eagles. I think are just pretty much every position superior to the Redskins. I can't see past the Eagles winning this one, I think. 
which means we'll lose it. Excellent. And the Bills and the Jets, which I think could be a very important matchup, but I'm going to take the Bills. I've got them somehow winning a wild card slot this year. You've got to back and them. I think they'll, I think they'll kick it off with a win against what could be one of the rivals for those spots. Yeah, I like that. I'm also going to go Bills here. Simply, they've got a. Uh, I think they've got a much better defense than the Jets. Uh, I think the Jets coming off an off season of sort of wholesale changes, it, they might take a bit of time to gel on both sides of the ball and also from a coaching standpoint as well with a new head coach. So I think that, again, just like with the the Rams and Panthers, this is the ideal time for the Bills to play the Jets while they're still trying to figure things out. Uh, and I think the Bills uh, make them pay with that with that defense. Mm. I'm gonna have to disagree here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Jets. I think this might be a sneaky good game to watch though. Um, I've I've kind of got this prediction of overtime. I, I don't know why. I've just you know the second well, week sec- one overtime. Yeah, a little take sneaky that. week one overtime between two second year QBs. Um, I think Josh Allen's looked good in the preseason, but I I think Sam Donald's got a lot of good receiving talent now. We we know Robbie Anderson did well last year. Um, we've got Jamison Crowder now. Uh, Lev Bell coming out of the backfield. I think just he has a lot more weapons to work with and we'll be able to see a much more like honest representation of his talent. Um, I've got I've got the Jets sneaking in a maybe like a three point win here. Yeah. Both of those teams look to be much improved from what they were last year and should be exciting to watch this time around. Yeah, the only yeah, ones who won in that division are the Dolphins, it seems. It, it's it's pretty <laughs> sad that everyone else in that in the division now looks sort of semi serviceable at least. Yeah, and so that takes us what should be another good matchup, the Falcons and Vikings. Nice. The, my two um, wildcard predictions. So I like the, the Falcons here. I think that both teams got a lot of potential. Um, I just think that the Falcons' offense is going to be too much to handle. Um, I think Julio Jones kicks off the season with a touchdown and, and they, they nick it by maybe six, seven points, maybe a score. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Vikings on this one. Uh, I think Davin Cook's gonna have a, a a little breakout game, run all over that Falcons D. Um, I've I've got them running for at least like 130 yards here. <laughs> a few touchdowns. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> Ridiculous. Is he a fantasy team by any chance? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, yeah. No. No. I just think. The Vikings, I, I picked them for the NFC North. I think you're going to have a strong showing uh, in the season opener against the Falcons. Yeah. Um, I think the Falcons will be better by the time the season's said and done, but with the home field advantage this week, I think the Vikings clinch it. I think they're going to... Yeah, I think the Vikings win this one. I think they're too good defensively for a Falcons team that's been a bit iffy in the red zone over the last couple of years get in the winning lane son you love it (laughs) yeah and Matt Ryan's often been better at home than he has been away and I just think it's it's sliding towards a Vikings victory this week and so the Ravens at the Dolphins so week one (laughs) which I'm looking forward to seeing you two watch I'm not eagerly <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm this is this is one of the best times of the year i think i think you do the honest joke uh yeah i mean is do we even really need to say it? it's not even me being you know a, a favorite of the ravens um i think in all honesty we've been holding lamar back this preseason not showing everything we can 
We're going to come out there with a whole new revitalized offense. We're going to have Hollywood Brown coming over the middle, getting open. I don't think I see any way the Dolphins can stop us or match us on offense, to be honest. Yeah, I I, com- I completely agree. Um, I think the Dolphins roster after um, you know the, the the trades this week and also the the cuts as well, which I'll make, go I'll go into a bit more detail in a second. Just look awfully inexperienced and I think that the Ravens are going to run all over um I think I, I mentioned the cuts because quite surprisingly um the Dolphins decided to, to part ways with Vincent Taylor who was probably our most consistent D tackle last year he was a very surprised uh very surprising uh cut day casualty um going to play then having to play the Ravens with their run first offense we've traditionally in the last few years been pretty hit and miss against the run now with now sands one of our better d tackles i think the ravens are going to just have a field day they don't even need to you know you mentioned wanting to do more stuff with lamar i don't even think you need to i think you can roll out the same running offense you did last year and you'll get the same level of of success i think it's going to be ravens by a lot yeah i agree with that with that suggestion and i think this almost may be the best game the Ravens could have to open the season with. You look at their pass rush, which was, they lost a lot of players there last year, but bringing the new players up, could you have a better O-line to go up against to build confidence in some young yeah. pass rushers? It's definitely a confidence I don't think boost. so. I think they take this comfortably. Okay, so the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to say the Chiefs. I mean, it's not really a surprise here. I, I think the Jags will, will have a good season, but I just think there's no stopping uh, Pat Mahomes and what he's capable of. I think Sammy Watkins has looked really good in the preseason as well as a as a good compliment, uh, you know, replacement for Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, I've I've got the Chiefs here. It's it's just there's no doubt in my mind. That's interesting. I'm going to actually go Jaguars here. So what? Um, I think the Jags D is. Awesome. I think that they, they're even man- managing to add to it in the draft and offseason. Josh Allen looks amazing. Um, I think now that they have Nick Foles, a quarterback who can competently game manage uh, and be efficient on offense, that, that allows them to basically win games with their defense for me. I think that they catch the Chiefs napping and um, uh, you know ultimately pull a bit of an upset here and grab the win. Yeah, so I was actually tempted to go with the Jaguars as well I think their defense is much improved from what it was last year not that it was bad last year but I think they regained that 2017 form but I just think that Chiefs offense is too strong I think Mahomes with another offseason under his belt I think the Chiefs win it but I think it'll be tighter than people think it's going to be yeah I think it, it might be more of a war of attrition in terms of you know the what the Chiefs offense can can do against the the Jaguars defense but I, I do think they've got the edge in that regard even even if the Jags defense might be one of the best this year but it's just there's no stopping it yeah yeah it's a fantastic offense and we all know how good Andy Reid is during the regular season yeah we've got LaShawn McCoy back now as well absolutely and which leads us to maybe one of the most anticipated games of the week it's the Tennessee Titans but they're up against the off-season champion Cleveland Browns. Oh boy. I am going to shockingly, uh, I'm going to go with the Browns here. I think we spoke about, um, you know, both these teams last week in some depth, but you know, as this, the case still stands, I think the Browns roster is too stacked at every level. And I think the Titans lack, um, 
premium talent at the key skill positions. And ultimately, I think the Browns will take this one. Yeah, I've got the Browns as well. Um, seeing OBJ in action will, will be really exciting. Very fun. Um, yeah, I, I just think they've got too many too many weapons on offense. The, the Titans have taken a step back this year, it seems, from the offseason. Um, we'll have to see. But it's, it's Browns, will they live up to the hype? Week one, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make it three. I think the Browns are in that feel-good mode right now. Everyone's calling them the champions. I think they're going to go out there with a load of confidence in front of their home fans who have something to be excited for for the first time in however long. And I think they may even put quite a number over what could be a reasonably talented Titans team. But again, like Matt said, they just don't have those key pieces at the skill positions to win these games against high-level opposition. Alternatively, they might shit the bed. Who knows? That is an option. They could shit the bed. You're right, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So, the Jacoby Brissett-led Indianapolis Colts against the Derwin James-less Los Angeles Chargers. Who have you got in that one? Ooh, I'm going to go with the Colts for exactly the two reasons that you've mentioned. Firstly, the Chargers secondary sans Derwin James, I think is a lot you know it loses a lot of its edge and you know he was such a difference maker for them last season um and also the fact that it is jacoby brusset Brissett that, that's stepping into the andrew luck shoes we've seen him before you know put in some actually pretty fantastic performances at times when he has got action it's not like they're putting in a total a backup with little to no experience jacoby Brissett knows what he's doing um and i think that uh you know that colts o-line is probably one of the best in the in the league to be able to deal mm-hmm. with that Chargers pass yep. rush and the secondary being a little bit thinner now without James will ultimately give uh, you know the Colts the yeah. chance to win. Mm. I mean, I- yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Sorry, I, sorry, Charles, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just Go think ahead, the Colts mate. have a lot to prove. In, I think the Colts have a lot to prove in this game, and I think they come out firing. I don't know if they do that well over the season, but they've got to feel pretty raw right now. Everyone's writing them off after Luck retired, which is fair enough. But I think they come out and beat which could a team that could be a playoff contender later on um i'm gonna actually shockingly once again we've all agreed here but um i'm also going to pick the colts i think jacoby Brissett was one of the more accurate deep passes of the ball in in the league when when he was starting in 2017 and that was behind an o-line that was not strong at all and now we've got one of the best o-lines in the league as matt said um i think they've got a chip on their shoulder and I think they're going to really give it to this Chargers team, this injury-ridden defense of, of a Chargers team yeah. at the moment. Can I add a caveat okay. that I think that Andrew Luck also turns up at the at the stadium and uh, is greeted with rounds of applause? Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he starts the second half for a minute, but yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see that as well, but I don't think <laughs> the, it's going to happen. They're down by three and he comes in at the last minute. <laughs> it's me, winner. Austin. <laughs> and then rides into the sunset. All right, so the Bengals at Seahawks, which I think is a pretty straightforward one to predict. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I don't think the Bengals have much special about them this year. They've got a few decent players, but as a squad overall, I think they're going to get beaten handily in Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to go with, um, you know, for this one, my notes are basically, you know, Clowney and Co. up against that O-line. It's not really going to be a contest. I think the Seahawks are a much better team all around than the Bengals, and it's going to be a fairly convincing win. I think, um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree as well. But I, I also think Clowney 
serves really well as a really good run defender. And we've got Joe Mixon is probably the biggest threat on that Bengals team at the moment behind a terrible O-line. And I think Clowney's just mm-hmm. going to eat them up. It was a really good trade. Absolutely. So we all agree on that again. So the 49ers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who wants to go? All right, there's not there's not as much confidence as I thought there was going to be on this one. I think the Niners are going to win. I'm not convinced by the Tampa Bay O-line. And even if I was convinced by them, I'm not still not sold on Jameis Winston. I think Bruce Arians will improve them a little bit. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners are going to go in there and handle business. Yeah, I'm also going to say the the Niners. I think, as we've seen from Bruce Arians before, um, he likes to sort of sacrifice pass protectors for having more op- option at receiver and and potential ball carriers. And I think against you know, with the Bucks offensive line the way it is, and with the pass rushing talent that the 49ers now possess, I think that James Winston's going to be sacked early and often, and ultimately the 49ers are going to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and be boring and select the 49ers as well. I It's just the same thing as you, what you guys are saying. I think Jimmy G's going to have a, a bounce back year this year. Um, and I think they've just got a lot of tools in that 49ers offense now. Yeah. Okay. So the Giants at the Cowboys. Cowboys. It's the yeah, Cowboys. Cowboys as it's well. The to- I think they <laughs> overwhelm the Giants and I... Yeah, it's not going to be very pretty. It's the Tony Pollard coming out party, and it's going to be a lot, a lot to very little, I think. What, the next Alvin Kamara that's going to put Zeke Kelly out of a job? It's going to save Jerry Jones some bucks. Yeah, I think that's 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 all he's good for, saving Jerry Jones money. Um, yeah, I've, I've got the Cowboys as well on this. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. The, the Giants are the Giants. Maybe Daniel Jones? Yeah. Maybe? Coming I in don't th- I don't think we'll get to see Giant Daniel Jones this week. So the Lions are at the Cardinals as their last game during the day on Sunday. I'm going to go Cardinals. I'm going to go with a little bit of Kyler Magic. Uh, the first NFL Fantastic. outing. Yeah, I can see how happy that's, that's making, Slew. Um, I think the first NFL outing of the Air Raid might shock the Lions a little bit. They might not know fully how to deal with it. It might take them a bit of time or it might take the whole league a bit of time to sort of adjust to knowing how to play it. Um, and I think Kyler comes out and has a statement debut. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I, I'm so excited for this. It's either going to fall completely flat on its face or it's going to be revolutionary. I don't think there's any in-between with this offence. Both are fun. I think I think it might get exposed, lads. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You want it to, you want it to get inf- I do. exposed I as do. much as I want it to be good. I know, and I. but the thing is, it's it's kind of like they could easily beat the Lions, but at the same time, it's just the pure wanting of just nothing to come of the air raid offense <laughs> that I, I i want kyler murray to get sacked 15 times this game no offense to the man but i i feel like we saw bits of it obviously there was a very limited playbook they were running in the preseason but as there are going to be some complex blitz packaging uh, packages yeah. from matt patricia um and, I, and the Lions have a very good D-line. Yeah. And they, that is something that they could potentially do. They could make Kyler, Kyler Murray's life a bit of a misery on Sunday. Yeah, I, I just don't see a way. Uh, I, I can definitely see a way, but at the same time, I also don't want there to be a way. So I think I'm going to go with the Lions. Fair okay, enough. so Sunday night football. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers at the New England Patriots. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with the Steelers. And that's because, firstly, I really dislike the Patriots, but for actual reasons as well. Uh, they've just had to place Nikhil Harry on IR. I know they've got Josh Gordon coming back as a receiver, but, uh, you know, Sands Gronkowski, that's a big miss for New England. Um, I also think the Steelers' defense looks really good. I think Devin Bush yeah, can be absolutely. fantastic this year. Um, and I, I like that they're sort of going back to being... Um, um, you know, a bit more of a defensive-focused team now that they, they don't have Bell, they don't have uh, Brown. Um, they can sort of build around managing games from a defensive standpoint a bit more. And I think that uh, they pipped the Patriots here who haven't had enough time to adjust to how they want their, their offense to run this season. Um, I'm also going to agree with you here, but just, I feel like over the past few years, the Patriots have been quite slow to start. And every year we get this sort of like four games in. Are the Patriots mm-hmm. really going to be that? Are they slowing down this season? And I, I feel we might have something, you know, over the, the first three games, maybe go one and two again with the Patriots. Um, I think the Steelers roster is very talented. James Connor and Juju Smith. I don't think they're going to take a step back with AB and AB gone, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Even though yeah, I should be. No, I was very tempted to agree with you guys. Like Joe said, the Patriots have been starting slow the last few years. It seems they always seem to go one and three or two and two over the first four games of the season before like just winning the rest of them. <laughs> but I think there's question marks on both teams. The Steelers have a lot to prove. And David Andrews is out for the Patriots as well. Their centre, which could be a bit of an issue. Tom Brady does love his centres. But... I struggle to pick against the Patriots. You can never tell the which game it is they're going to lose. And I think against a traditional foe like the Steelers, I think that they'll manage to win it. And they want to avenge their loss to them last year. Rarely do the Patriots lose to a team two years in a row. So the first Monday night game of the doubleheader, the Texans at the Saints. I'm going to go Saints. I think Saints are the better all-round team. I know that we've just spoken a lot about the Texans being in win-now mode, but again, I don't think they have enough time to manage that transition with everything that's happened this week. It's been hectic. Um, I don't think that they're going to have the the time to sort everything out before they face the Saints, and the Saints, I think, are going to capitalise and, and win out. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Saints are going to be too strong for the Texans. I think it's it's unfair on Laramie Tunsil to be expected to know all the pass protection calls. It may be a bit of a simpler offense than we may be seeing later in the year. And I think the Saints are going to take advantage of that and beat them. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys here and go with the Saints. Um, like I said, I think it's the Alvin Kamara show. I think we're going to have a big showing here. Um, I just I don't see as much as the Texans have made some moves near the start of the season. They just don't have enough to keep up with the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. Which brings us on to the final game of the week. The Broncos at the Raiders. This is very um, much... Yeah, for me, this is very much the battle of third place in the AFC West. Um, <laughs> I think that it's probably going to be... What a title. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be the Raiders um, coming off uh, You know, the off-season where I know there was a lot of issues with uh, Antonio Brown, his frozen feet, um, and then his not liking helmets. Uh but I think ultimately the Raiders will um, sort of carry the good vibes that they've managed to keep for most of the offseason into this first game. Um, and I think simply it comes down to 
they have a much better offense than the Broncos. I think the Broncos offense looks like it could fall fairly flat this season. And I think the Raiders take this one early. I wouldn't be surprised to see a reversal when they play each other again later on. Um, I'm going to straight up disagree with you here. I'm going to go with Broadway Joe and the Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sticking with it. You know, Joe Flacco, I've, I've got faith in him, with, even with this Broncos team. Um, I think You only have faith with him because he's not on your team anymore. I've got faith in him to throw pick sixes, my friend. Our direction. So I think Vic Fangio is a really great defensive-minded head coach. Uh, I think the Denver Broncos have got, as much as the Raiders look good on offense, the, the Broncos have got still one of the best defenses in the league. Um, and I just think defense wins championships. It's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with Joe. Defense does win championships, but I don't think it wins week one matchups. <laughs> and I think the Ra- Raiders are going to win this one. It's going to be tight when I think the only difference, like Matt said, is going to be the fact that they're at home. It could be a reversal next week. I think it's going to be tough and it could be a pretty drab match, but I think the Raiders are going to nick it. All right, so those are all of our predictions. Thank you so much for listening. That's the end of our show today. Make sure you enjoy watching all of the games this weekend as we've waited long enough for games to be back on our TV. Finally here. And it's finally here. So make sure you check out all our social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dropback. Follow us on Facebook at The Dropback UK. Check out our website, thedropback.com. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And I've been Joe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Goodbye.